0: It's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The top stories: Carrie Lam admits she feels a weight is being lifted off her shoulders as she prepares to leave office. The financial secretary hails the effect of the government's e-voucher scheme on building the digital economy. And Sri Lanka's leader says he's seeking more help from China as his country struggles with huge debts. The Chief Executive Carrie Lam says she feels like a great burden is being lifted from her shoulders as her tenure ends this month. Looking back at her five-year term on a radio programme, the CE said she had done a lot of work and pushed ahead with the SAR's infrastructure in the first two years of her tenure. However, she said the protests in 2019 and the COVID-19 pandemic had stalled the progress. She said she hopes to have more rest after the new government takes office on July the 1st. Everything comes to an end. I feel greatly relieved. Whatever happens in
1: Hong Kong after July 1st is none of my business. You can't imagine how relaxed I feel.
0: The Financial Secretary Paul Chan says the government spending voucher scheme has promoted electronic payment among both consumers and businesses, creating favourable conditions for the development of the digital economy. Maggie Ho reports
2: writing on his blog mr chan said that since the launch of the scheme more than six million customers and one hundred and thirty thousand businesses had registered with e payment platforms he wrote as long as we grasp the opportunity offered by digitalization even when a business environment faces a headwind, we can still find a new world in which new businesses have room to grow. Mr. Chan noted the next batch of e vultures will be handed out in the summer, and that BOC Pay and Payme from HSBC will join Ali Pay Hong Kong, Octobus, Tab and Go, and WeChat Pay Hong Kong as payment platforms. He said details would be announced in the coming week. Hong Kongers aged 18 and above are receiving $10,000 in e-vultures this year after last year's $5,000 handout.
0: The Sri Lankan President Ranil Vikramasinghe says he's in talks with Beijing to seek more financial support for his troubled country. Sri Lanka has seen rolling power outages and shortages of essentials such as cooking oil as it struggles with more than 50 billion US dollars in foreign debt. In an interview with the Associated Press Mr. Vikramasinghe said the country's troubles were of its own making but it would ask China and other nations for help. We've been talking with uh, China uh, Chinese have their own uh, system of how they give relief, but China has agreed to come in with the other countries to give relief to Sri Lanka, which is the first step, which means that they all have to agree uh, how the cuts are to take place
1: and what manner it should take place.
0: Mr. Wickramasinghe said interest rates on debts to China were higher than on soft loans from Japan, but still cheaper than borrowing from banks. Turning overseas, tens of thousands of protesters have taken to the streets across the United States demanding stricter gun laws in response to a series of mass shootings. The rallies are being organised by the group March for Our Lives. It says it's time to show politicians that Americans deserve to live free of gun violence. Mariah Cully is a board member of the group. Americans are tired of sending their children, their siblings, their cousins off to school, fearing that they will be the victims of another mass shooting. Elders can't even go to a grocery store with the safety of knowing that they won't be a victim of a violent attack. I think all Americans are sick and tired because America is the only place in the world that deals with mass shootings in this way. And if we do not do something about it, we will continue to die every single day. There's been over 200 mass shootings in this year alone. Police in India's northeastern state of Nagaland have charged 30 soldiers in connection with the killing of 13 civilians who died as a result of a botched military operation in December. The BBC's Naresh Kaushik reports.
2: The police said the soldiers resorted to indiscriminate and disproportionate firing when they shot at a group of miners returning home to a village near the Myanmar border after work, mistaking them for militants. Six miners were killed as a result. Angry villagers surrounded the local army camp, burnt military vehicles, and then clashed with the troops, leading to the death of seven more civilians and a soldier. The operation was widely condemned in the country. The Indian army apologized for the killings and ordered its own investigation.
0: The weather forecast, mainly cloudy with a few showers, but sunny intervals this afternoon. The outlook hot with sunny periods tomorrow. Currently at the observatory, 30 degrees Celsius, humidity 80%. You're listening to RTHK. The time's exactly five minutes past one. The Ukrainian president Volodymyr Zelensky has once again appealed to international allies to help his country fight Russian forces. He described Moscow's attack as a threat for the entire region and urged the European Union to fast-track Ukraine's bid to join the bloc. All of Europe is a target for Russia, we are sure of it, and Ukraine is just the first stage in this aggression. This is why a positive EU response to the Ukrainian application for membership can be a positive answer to the question of whether the European project
2: has a future
0: at all. He was speaking as the President of the European Commission Ursula von der Leyen visited Ukraine to discuss its request to join the European Union. President Zelensky also asked for more weapons after reports his army fighting Russians in the east is in danger of running out of ammunition. Meanwhile, Mr Zelensky says his forces have recaptured villages and towns in the southeastern regions of Kherson and Zaporizhia, which are largely under the control of Russian troops. The Syrian government has confirmed that an airstrike it blames on Israel has caused major damage to runways at Damascus International Airport, which remains closed for a second day. The attack, just before dawn on Friday, is also reported to have hit three nearby arms depots belonging to the Lebanese militant group Hezbollah. An Israeli military spokesperson declined to comment, but for several years Israel is known to have been attacking what it has described as Iranian-linked targets in Syria. Mohammad Ali Shabani is an Iranian journalist based in London.
1: It seems to me that Israel is very keen at this point in time to send a message that is
0: resolute in fighting not just Iran, but also Iran's allies in the region. We've seen also Israel at the same time engage more closely with the UAE. The prime minister was in Abu Dhabi just the other day to meet with the Miwati president. We also have the increasing tensions over the Iran nuclear deal, which Israel vehemently opposes. To sport and in football, Hong Kong are edging closer to their first AFC Asian Cup finals since 1968 after last night's 3-0 victory over Cambodia in Kolkata. They have a 100% record in Group D following a 2-1 win over Afghanistan in their opening qualifier on Wednesday. Two quick-fire first-half goals from Matthew Orr and summoning him put Hong Kong in charge and Chan Su Kwan sealed the victory. A win or a draw against India on Tuesday sees them top the group. Defeat would leave the SAR dependent on results elsewhere. In football's Nations League, England were held to a nil 0 draw at home by Italy. They remain bottom of their group and haven't scored from open play in their three matches so far. Three Lions boss Gareth Southgate says they've become too reliant on Captain Harry Kane and Raheem Sterling in front of goal. We've been too reliant on Harry and Raheem for our goals for quite a while. I think we had the attacking players on the pitch, we refreshed them. Um, we we had the ball in the right areas and um, we, as I said, you, you don't get to create hatfuls of chances in these games against the top tier nations, um, but um, when you do, you've got to take them. In golf, South Africa's Charles Swartzel held on to win the inaugural Live in- Invitational and with it prize money of 4.75 million US dollars. The 2011 Masters champion admitted to some nerves during yesterday's final round. There was a lot at stake, and that would be uh, both ways a lot of money at stake. And there was also, I haven't won in six years, you know, so I was obviously been through injury and then struggle. Uh, and I really wanted to win again. I've worked very hard the last few years, and there were signs of good golf, and couldn't be more pleased and, and happy with how it turned out today. Meanwhile, Patrick Reid and Pat Perez are the latest players to leave the PGA Tour as the Saudi-funded startup continues to gain momentum. And finally, after a two-year ban due to COVID-19 restrictions, naked cyclists have taken to the streets in about 200 countries around the world in protest for cyclist safety. Fabian Conejo helped organize this year's World Naked Bike Ride in Mexico City. We're trying to raise awareness about the fragility of the human body. Cyclists may have lots of safety equipment, but we've got no chance at all against a half-ton or a one-ton vehicle. To end the news, the top stories once again. Carrie Lam admits she feels a weight is being lifted off her shoulders as she prepares to leave office. And the financial secretary hails the effect of the government's e-voucher scheme on building the digital economy. The news from RTHK.
2: Let's get it, baby. Do it, do it. Uh. It's the Sunday session with the homie Simon Wilson. RTHK bang loud through the building. Radio 3 on the dial, no question. Frequency 567 is the weapon. DJ Simon, please replay the diamonds. I remain main rhyming. HK is where you find them from the top of the peak to the cyclone streets. Radio 3, heat seek through your streets. Hey, DJ HK airplay. 1 to 4 p.m. every Sunday. Hong Kong. Finest, DJ Simon, brought to you live from Detroit Diamond am yeah. m-m, Radio three, DJ Simon, yeah. Kong Sundays, will you find
0: yeah. Welcome along to the Sunday afternoon session for the 12th of June 2022. I'm Simon Wilson, keeping your company through till four. With your usual mix of a few quirky stories, check out the birthday.